What's up, guys? Thank you for joining me and welcome to the show. In this episode, I got a chance to chat with one of the brilliant minds in Original Strength. Danny Almeida joins me on the podcast. Danny is the co-owner of Original Strength and the founder of the Women's Collaborative Movement. And she has been one of the OGs in starting this incredible system of strength and mobility. And I was excited to chat with her on her origins in Original Strength and her experiences in training. So we dove into the OS system, how training has evolved over the course of her career, as well as the mindset of why people stay in their comfort zone and how to branch out into new modalities. So the work she is doing with the Women's Collaborative Movement is amazing. And she's also shared the mission of helping the youth population by getting OS into the school systems in the country. So this was such a fun time and I know you'll enjoy it as well. All right, we'll get right to the show. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll catch you on the inside. All right, let's have some fun. Danny, it's so nice to meet you. I know this has kind of been a long time coming, going back and forth a bit. So appreciate you coming on today. Yeah, it's nice to meet you too. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, no, I said I've uh, I've been a fan of Original Strength for a long time. I've got a chance to chat with Tim. I chat with Jeff. Uh, Huggy was my coach for a while as well. So yeah. I've known your crew for a bit, but haven't had a chance to to meet you. I know you've been such a huge part of this. So I'm I'm excited to have you on and really talk some shop with you. Awesome. Well, I'm yeah. excited. <laughs> so how did you get into this role? I'm always curious about kind of the origin story. I believe, I know you were an athlete, you played volleyball a lot, um, but like, what was it about kind of this world of original strength? How did this get started for you? So I actually was, I kind of got in right before original strength was original strength. So I, I was starting in a new area as a personal trainer and I needed a space to train out of. And I had met Tim uh, as he had a, a small space. So I had reached out to Tim and asked if I could train my clients out of his space. And next thing you know, you know, he was teaching me things like, but it was a very just um, kind of a, hey, we work together. I see him rolling around on the ground and crawling and, and doing everything. <laughs> so yeah, at first I was kind of like, you're a weird guy. Like <laughs> he is a weird guy. I still love him. <laughs> he knows I would say that he's a weird guy. I'm a little weird too. So it's okay. But, um, but yeah, so a strong, I, a strong, weird guy though. Strong, weird guy. Yeah, strong, weird guy. And just so you know, I would tell him this to his face. So this is not a, not a slant. But um, I had I was doing crawling and work with my personal training clients, unknowing of what Tim was kind of developing and, and going through at the time. So I was kind of doing my own stuff. And I think at that point he was like, oh, that's interesting. Like you're kind of doing stuff too. And so he kind of brought me in and showed me how to do things. Um, and I remember, you know, he took me through some rolling patterns. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I, I think I was newly, I might have just... Um, found out I was pregnant. Uh, and I guess it was right before then, but so I'm going through these rolling patterns and I was a hot mess because I've had a lot of injuries in the past and I was mm. just kind of all over the place. And, um, it's actually really interesting because now I am very fluid with my rolling patterns and people are always like, I want to look like that. Like, how do I do that? I'm like, I did not start like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, sorry, I rambled there, but basically, you know, we just started as uh, trainers working out of the same space. And Tim was open to share some of the things that he was doing and mm -hmm. kind of was using me to kind of test some things on. And at that point, I remember Tim saying to me, like, you know, he had given me his, his book that he wrote with, uh, Huggy. So, uh, mm -hmm. which is pressing reset. Mm -hmm. He had given me this ebook and I'd read it and 
I remember him saying to me, he's like, Hey, people really like this stuff. Like, I think it could be like a certification or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really how I started getting into original strength. So I was, I was in there since the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I, yeah. I don't know if that, if that answered. Your yeah, question. no, I think that's such a, what, what kind of training were you doing when you got in that was just kind of traditional kind of strength yeah. and conditioning type work of what you, what you learn in the exercise science world? Pretty much. Yeah. Just pretty, pretty basic. I I've always um, kind of leaned a little bit heavier towards calisthenics. And at the time I was also training outdoors a lot and um, not necessarily ashamed to say, but I was definitely more on at that time going on those the more like the boot campy route. Mm-hmm. Um, so not to, to some extent, like, I mean, I promoted my services as boot camp, and, um, mm-hmm. and at the time that was the thing. Right. Um, and I, you know, I kind of was in that time really developing and learning as a coach, I was still kind of new in the industry, mm-hmm. um, with a sports background. So, right. Like most of my background came from being a college athlete and yep. going through that. So, yeah. Was your, was your training when you were kind of coming up as an athlete, was it very boot campy kind of growing? Was that the experience that you had? Um, I'm always just curious about that because especially with people who have gone deeper down the rabbit hole of real strength and conditioning protocols, what their experience actually was like training as a child and then building up to an athlete. Yeah. Uh, no, I wouldn't, I, I would say I've really experienced a lot of different training. Like as a high school student, I actually got trained by an American gladiator. Uh, do you remember that show? The yes. gladiator show. Yep. Which one? Um, Thun- Thunder? Thunder? Is that? Get out of here. Yeah, she, oh, that's yeah. so awesome. Yeah, so I'm from Chicago, and um, her husband was a, a chiropractor in the area, and so she she was a, a coach, and yeah, it was it was cool. Um, I mean, it was a long time ago, but yeah. So. I'm, I'm probably more excited than like a million people that would hear that, but I think that is so awesome. <laughs> I was such a huge fan of that show. So oh yeah, it's super cool. So yeah. yeah, so I had some of that experience of like the more traditional like strength training, and then also like she she had a lot of bodybuilding background. So, which was very different from what I was doing as an athlete. Um, and then in college, I'll be honest, our, our training program was garbage. So I, <laughs> we really didn't have, um, it was a very small, uh, division two school. So we, we didn't have anything really well put together, um, which probably led to a lot of the injuries that I sustained during college. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so we were kind of building some of our own or we'd have a summer program that someone wrote up that we'd follow and okay. it was kind of a mess. What was it about kind of the field that intrigued you about going in as a career? Um, You know, I I originally went to college to, uh, I I was kind of going down the route of either I want to coach, coach, like in sport, in my Mm -hmm. volleyball sport, or be an athletic trainer and personal trainer kind of at the same route, right? Well, I decided I definitely didn't want to coach. I didn't like those hours um, okay. in terms of being a volleyball coach. And I didn't want to be an athletic trainer because, again, I, I didn't really like that setup for me. It just wasn't what I wanted to do. And I spent plenty of time in the athletic training room. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I went down the right, the, uh, the fitness industry, and I also worked in campus recreation Um as uh, kind of a more general, like running the facility, right? Like that was kind of the direction I was kind of going down. So I actually ran the rec facility for the college after I graduated. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just really loved the idea of being able to help people. And I've always 
thought that movement is medicine and that it's, mm -hmm. you know, that it's really more people need to move. And so I, that's never changed. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It's interesting. The athletic training route is always one that it seems like it's the right approach. I had my first ever internship when I was like 16 years old with an athletic trainer at my high school. Uh, Cause I always liked that route, but then kind yeah. of seeing how they had to work and it was, I mean, it, you need to tape ankles. You need to tape ankles. I know that's an important thing, but then just going there, you kind of almost kind of hang around until someone gets injured and then you go do your thing and kind of back. And I was like, I wanted to be a little bit more in the process of training with it. I think that's kind of why I went into the training route at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I think like it allows you to coach versus uh, react to yes. uh, what's, what's happening. So. Yeah. So when you saw Tim like rolling around on the ground and stuff like that, like, and he started working with you, was this something that you saw an impact of right away? You were like, oh, he's on to something here. Or was it something that took a little while for you to adapt to? Yeah, for sure. I, I, there was definitely moments where I'm like, I don't know about this, right? Like as I am watching him, uh, do some of the things that were new to me. Mm -hmm. Um, however, for me, I, really quickly notice changes in my own body. Um, mm -hmm. I'm very hyper mobile. And so um, where, where most of the people, when we work with original strength, we see a lot of very um, immobile people coming mm -hmm. to original strength, looking for, uh, you know, uh, and the keys to unlock their mobility. Well, for me, I'm the complete opposite because I'm already very mobile, but the stability side of things was, was a, was a big issue for me. And again, at the root of the majority of my injuries. So once I started learning and, and being able to apply the concepts like of original strength, I noticed a lot more stability happening in my body, which allowed me to, like, I was moving better. I was more controlled with my movements. I was in less pain. Um, so for me specifically, that was a big eye opener for me. It, um, in terms of, you know, some mm -hmm. of the things. So it, the experience of seeing how it impacted my body mm -hmm. in a, such a different way was, was a big deal to me. Yeah. Did you see the impact a lot from like other lifts that you were doing and seeing how it felt, or was it more kind of the everyday waking up and you just felt that different kind of like that walking around strength more? Um, I would say it's a good split of both. I mm -hmm. mean, uh, squatting wise, like I, I have always been able to just drop straight down. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately I, you know, I had this real sloppy drop with a, with a bounce yeah. and a big, you know, like off your and flexors I, and pop right up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, and I could just, it was just bouncy and now, you know, pretty, pretty quickly right after I noticed a specific ability to be able to stabilize and move with control through that whole squat pattern. Um, and, and also with pressing um, and push-ups, even like just my shoulders would dislocate like on a regular basis. I've had two shoulder surgeries. My shoulders mm -hmm. would dislocate. Um, and after years of volleyball, I, crawling has made a huge difference in mm -hmm. my um, and just the way that my shoulders move and the strength in general. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the interesting thing that I found from OS work, because I came from like an FMS type background as well. And one of the things that I said, and I love FMS, I love the assessment work that they do. Mm -hmm. However, I also knew that I could cheat an assessment 
very easily where it's like you can make things look good if you have some athletic ability. The rocking and the rolling patterns are were things that like you can't cheat those. It's like either you got it at that moment or not. So it's it seems like it was definitely one of those where whether you were coming in, you know, super locked up and you were trying to unlock that mobility or you had that hypermobility, but you couldn't control it. It was mm-hmm. kind of like really a, a truth serum for you with your body. And still to this day, I feel like I can still, you know, squat, you know, ass to grass if I want to, but it doesn't feel the same. Like I know very quickly, like, no, I shouldn't be doing that. You need to get into the rolling patterns of it. So it really does seem like it's been that like truth serum for people. For sure. I I think it's definitely an eye opener uh, for a lot of people. (laughs) (laughs) So when you guys got into like, all right, now we're going to make this a certification, you know, program and stuff like that. Like, what was that process like? Like, was it pretty simple to put that together or like, did you see like a pretty good result right from it right away? Yeah. So, uh, you know, immediately we kind of, we, we had generated interest by, uh, having a relationship with the kettlebell crew. So the, the whole kettlebell crowd, we definitely, uh, kind of tapped right into them right away. And we noticed a very quick, like growth right away. Like people were jumping on board. They were like, Oh, I want to try this, you know, cause they hear about it or, mm-hmm. um, just from some of the people we had involved. So we, we had a, a very quick adoption, especially with, um, the kettlebell industry specifically, which I will say is a small thimble of the fitness industry as a whole, but mm-hmm. it's, I, I do believe the kettlebell industry just seems to be such, um, students of strength, you know, um, mm-hmm. just as such a different audience. So they were really open to the idea of simple movements that they could okay. do to really unlock things. I will say, and, and I've talked to Fabio zoning about this. Uh, and I think you, I you love Fabio. Okay. Fabio is fantastic. I just, I just did my SFL with him. So he's oh. like my favorite person in the world right now. He's great. Yeah. But, Fabio will admit when he first was taught the resets by Jeff that he was kind of like, there's no way this can work. Like, and actually we have a whole article from him about this because he, he really doubted it because it's too simple, right? Everyone wants like the complex answer and thinks it has to take a lot. And original strength is a very simple movement and very simple mm-hmm. stuff. And, and Fabio admitted that like, he, he thought this is too simple to work mm-hmm. this, there's no way. And then next thing, you know, like Fabio's, you know, utilizing the resets and, and it's making huge changes. And, um, I think that we get stuck in that, that frame of things. We don't, we don't let want things to be that simple, you know, like we're always looking for mm-hmm. these like complicated answers and all that. Um, however, sometimes it's the simplest stuff that seems crazy that, yeah. that does the trick. That's the, the famous Leonardo da Vinci line. Simplicity is the ultimate sophistication, it is. right? Yeah. That's <laughs> it. That's interesting from it. It's like, why do you think it was so like, why do you think the kettlebell community just kind of got to this so quickly? Is it because it's the deep, di- like the deep dive, like into the simplicity, like knowing it's like an inch wide mile deep. So it was just kind of an intriguing that it was a different system that could unlock kind of new potential? Yeah, I think that they were seeing some of the the changes in the ability, like the <laughs> things that were happening for some of the people that were implementing original <laughs> strength. Um, you know, Jeff's endorsement yeah. of, of the product, you know, of the system, I think was a huge piece of that, right? People you know, Jeff is, is a respectable guy. He's super strong. He, he knows his stuff. And so that really, you know, helped get people on board to at least start to learn. And then 
we, you know, even still to this day, like for original strength, the, the biggest bang for the buck that we can offer people, it's not just talking about it, it is the experience of it because it does seem so simple that, you know, people, people really discredit some does not discredit, but just don't, don't count on it and don't expect it to work until they try it and they see how much of an impact it makes. And I think what was happening is people were seeing so-and-so do resets in the middle of their certifications and then, you know, hitting their goals and not mm-hmm. being injured and feeling good. And then it kind of kept snowballing off of that. Yeah. It's so interesting that we just always think that it needs to be a complicated answer to get it when it's actually, it could just be, I love that term that you guys really have used in coin, which is reset, where Mm -hmm. that's the one thing, uh, a huge thing that I got from Tim when we spoke of how you're like, you already have all the capabilities that we have in our body. It's just unlocking them. And sometimes you just need to power down and just reset the system in order to do that. And it might take a little more time you know, to do certain things than others, but you're capable of doing it. But still, it's almost like that what the hell effect of like, <laughs> really? Like, wait, no, this this isn't supposed to work. And I've seen that from so many people in this type of system of getting into things like pressing overhead and having pain for so long and then getting into just kind of like the plank rolls and the rocks and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, it doesn't hurt anymore. Like, it seems like there should be more to it than that. Right. So, you know, we, we, we do our courses and we'll be sitting there and we take people through one, just one movement. And I'll start off having someone never being able, haven't been able to touch their toes and I don't know, 15 years, haven't been able to just reach down and touch their toes. And I take them through one thing and they're able to reach their toes or they drop a significant amount. So say they, mm-hmm. they get five more inches just from one thing. And, and sometimes that one thing is breathing or just moving their head up and down. And it's just like that. They're able to like touch their toes and they are just mind boggled, which is cool to see that that buy-in happens so fast that they're like, did that just happen? Um, so it's, it is, it is kind of cool. <laughs> wow. So you kind of, so yes, got this first kind of thimble. I like the way that you said that it's like one piece of the, the community of health and fitness mm-hmm. that kind of started the surge of it after that though, like, was there an evolution afterwards of like, all right, now we've, we've got this community down, but there's a lot more people that could utilize this and work with. What was that process like after you kind of got through the original early adopters into the next cruise. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I would say hard. Yeah. Because I, I think we're, um, let me ask, was there a specific target that you were going to afterwards? Was it a different type of coach or trainer or was it more general population? Yeah. I think we were kind of trying to get more into the general, like strength and conditioning coaches. So, um, you know, from more of a performance perspective. Mm -hmm. So I, we had done a lot of work with, some of the um, different professional teams and, and higher level college uh, programs. And so we were kind of trying to go down that range also at the same time working in the, in the healthcare industry. So working with mm-hmm. more physical therapists specifically. Mm-hmm. And I will say it, it, it's, it's been a challenge to, you know, really get into some of these other audiences. Now we're there. And so I'm not going to say like we, we right. haven't, able to be there. But, um, and I would say that the, the biggest challenge really has come back to it's so simple that, um, people have a really hard time, um, sticking with 
the fact that it's so simple, um, as well as, you know, I, I know some of the, the pushback we've gotten from, from stuff for original strength. And, and again, I'm not trying to make a list of all the things that are mm-hmm. wrong with original strength, but, um, actually I'll do the opposite, but, you know, I think people think, oh, I don't have time to lay there and breathe. I don't have time to get on the floor and move my head around or to roll. I don't have time for that because I have to get my workout in. I have to train, I, you know, whatever it is. The problem is, is then that same person will be foam rolling for 45 minutes. Mm. However, I know if I were able to give them to have five minutes with them to do some resets, that I can completely remove the foam roller or allow them to just foam roll because it just feels good instead of rolling themselves in the pain. And sorry for all of you listening that are like in love with your foam roller and you spend two hours on it. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, but yeah, I I don't know that I really answered the question, you know, in terms of where we went from there. I mean, we, we've been kind of just pulling into different audiences, especially as our, our leadership team has grown. We have some different people that kind of specialize in different areas. So like currently we're working on um, getting original strength into the education system um, and not, oh, to wow. the, yeah. So not just to PE teachers, but to teacher teachers to teach their students that will want to teach the teachers that movement impacts the way that we learn. And so to help regulate their students and to create a stronger classroom setting, we -hmm. can teach the teachers how to allow their students to move more during the day instead of keeping them sitting still and not moving and Mm -hmm. doing all those things. So that's something that we're kind of in the process of doing now as well. I freaking love that so much that I'm so excited to hear that it's, it's is because if you're going to really change from things, that's always an interesting thing when we talk health and fitness, right? It's like, I just came from a weekend. Uh, I was at the SFL for strong first in Chicago, unbelievable time. Like we had a great time, but it's so funny that as soon as I got back to the airport after spending a whole weekend with 90 plus people who are all healthy, they're all fit. We naturally in our mind think that everybody's doing this, like everybody's staying healthy, everybody's staying strong and fit. And then all of a sudden you look around and you see the general population and you realize, no, we got a lot of work to do. And it's like, what do we do about that? Going to kids and inspiring them from that early level, that is really, the, I think, the best possible way to do it. I know Kelly Sturette was doing a mission for a while of trying to get standing desks in every school in the country, you know, for a bit, I don't know where he's at on that mission, but it seems like you guys have a very similar objective on that. And I think this is a perfect, it seems like a perfect system to do it too, because it really requires no equipment. And like, it's somebody that anybody can learn and to teach kids how to properly, you know, use their head in some neck rolls and some breathing patterns. It seems only logical that this is a great step. Easy enough, right? And, and engaging contralateral movement patterns. I mean, <laughs> these are all things you can do sitting at a desk or in your, you know, in line and, <laughs> things like that. So yeah, we're, we're excited about it. We're, we're trying to, the goal is to be able to create movement ambassadors is kind of how we've structured it so that they are not only, you know, taking care of themselves, but also they can bring that home when your kid starts moving more and understands more, they can bring that to their parents. So normally you count on your parents, right. To, to educate and to lead and, and be that sturdy foundation. But right now, all the, not all parents are that. So mm-hmm can get the kids to come up from the other side um, and, and help get their parents and their families moving and understanding too. I mean, and granted that, that who knows, like, but that might be a pipe dream, but 
I think it's, I, I think I it's think a beautiful cool. pie. I think it's very proactive of what you guys are doing on that. That's that's freaking awesome. So I know you mentioned kind of getting into more of the healthcare with physical therapists and stuff like that. Was there a lot of pushback at, like of going into more of the medical field with this? Because I know it's just never a, an easy avenue to go down with implementing new systems. So not not I wouldn't say pushback. Um, like we've gotten in with a few uh, larger hospitals. So like Johns Hopkins has been incredibly supportive of everything we've done with original strength. We actually, uh, at the beginning of COVID Johns Hopkins, we got Tim and I got to work with Johns Hopkins to create a, the COVID rehabilitative program for wow. anyone that had been on a ventilator, which was super cool. Wow. So that got distributed like literally all over the world. Uh, and there are people like following this protocol that we got to help develop, which is, which is awesome. Um, and so that was that was really cool to be able to work with Hopkins in that way. Um, you know, we Georgetown, uh, we went out there and did some stuff there as well as at some other schools like out in California. Um, I think there is a um, it can it can it can be a challenge in that you know original strength currently a lot of our um, our research in terms of. It depends. It, let's just say it depends. So it sounds like a lot of people, there's there's a lot of people out there that need like scientific proof of one specific study that points them in the same direction and says, this is what to do. Well, we don't really do that, uh, that regularly. Now, mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of research that shows diaphragmatic breathing is important. Stimulating the vestibular system is is, is important and oh, right. so much, right? These are all important things. Contralateral movements can help with 10 million things, right? Studies and all these things, but nothing that packages it all together. Um, And for those that are not as open-minded, sorry, um, are, you know, need sometimes to be told exactly what to do. And yeah, it it, it is. It's so interesting because usually with science, especially with this type of stuff, like you know, once it's actually printed and out, a lot of it's outdated anyway. There's new stuff that's coming down the pipeline anyway. So, yeah. I mean, it's like, this is such a, I, I can see where the kettlebell community got into it so much because it's very much about, well, let me try it, see how it feels and it's going to go from there. And once you try and do some of these things, all of a sudden you feel better. Well, you don't question it that much anymore if you're feeling you know, better from there. It is always interesting in the medical field on that. That's why I was curious about that. Yeah. You know, those that, those that use it are just doing amazing and they are, they are really rocking it. I would love to be able to uh, tap more into the medical community for sure. And, and we're, we're working on that. Um, it, it'll be cool to see kind of where things go. We have a, a clinical course that's specific to healthcare providers that's separate from our general courses and, and things like that too. So there are lots of avenues and, and we are con- continuing to still grow in that, in that area. Uh, it's, it just, it's going a little slower than I would like to see. Okay. Now I know like with, do you only focus with, um, clientele and work of doing OS? Do you add other modalities and tools into your training with people? Cause I know when I talked to Tim, that was a big thing that he really focused on is just doing OS and then doing some tests of some different things to make sure his strength is there. And I think that's really admirable, but I know that's not the only way sometimes to do it. Yeah. So um, I I apologize if you just heard my uh, computer beep, but uh, (laughs) yeah, I think um, I, I do use other modalities. However, everything that I look at, I'm coming from with 
a like a specific, very specific mm -hmm. lens. Um, and so I think that's kind of what original strength is really, really good about is helping an individual to develop this lens at which they see movement and they see a person mm. move through. Um, and so while I use other modalities, I always am going to come at it with the lens of kind of our three pillars, which is going to be, uh, in, sorry, breathe with the diaphragm. So a diaphragmatic breathing, engage the contralateral movement pattern, right? So engage the gait pattern and then stimulate the vestibular system. So I'm always going to be finding ways to do those three things in every single session that I'm in a client mm -hmm. or I'm working with a client. Now, um, there are times where we might, you know, I, I tend to be more, a little bit more, I, I don't want to say the word functional because now functional seems to be such like a terrible thing. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I, Osu I, balls and bands and everything else in there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's not what I mean. But, um, but, you know, I tend to look at things from a more functional lens in terms of like, how will this impact them and how will this like go into their daily life? So um, modality specific, like, I don't know if you mean um, other training systems or mm -hmm. if you were referencing like, like, do we, use mm -hmm. like I use kettlebells we use barbells we use sleds, mm -hmm. battling ropes mm -hmm. and Indian clubs maces I mean so I, I'm using all of these things and so is Tim so I'm, mm -hmm. I'm curious of, of what he said but you know so we're using mm -hmm. all of those things when we're implementing any work that we do with our clients oh uh, perfect yeah no I think Tim said that from a personal perspective on that of what he focuses on and so the reason I ask because I always think this is interesting is you know from doing work with FMS I would see a lot of people who would get so deep down the rabbit hole of corrective exercises and only focusing on that and it's like it's the same thing I think corrective exercises setting a foundation is important but then the next layer once you have that down is get strong, do these other things, challenge yourself to keep these things going and solidify that foundation. And it seems like some people who you get into a corrective exercise and you feel like that works really well. It's like, okay, well, once you get that down though, there's other things that you can do on top of that to build on that as well. So it's like, don't only put yourself into one lane at a time. Cause that could be, you know, you'll hit a ceiling relatively quickly. If you just do that, I used to see people do that with you know, FMS band work and core activation. It's like, all right, cool. Your core core is activated now. All right, let's get some strength work in here and build and solidify it on, on top of that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think, I think you just look at each individual and figure out where, where they need to go and be open-minded in terms of there is no one way to do everything mm -hmm. for, for anybody, right? Like there's, if you're stuck in the route of thinking this is the only way, like you have to really question what you're doing. And um, I think that's, that's really important to remember yeah. too as a coach. Right. Now, one of the other things you've really built up, I've seen is the, is the women's collaborative movement that you're doing, which I know what I loved about it is that you brought in, I believe a, a lot of different modalities than just strength yet OS, but I believe you had, you know, work with running with, you had, you know, nutrition in there as well. What was the, motivation and really the inspiration behind putting this together specifically for women? Yeah. So, uh, two pieces, one of just, uh, from the women perspective alone, uh, we were trying to create a space that was a safe space where women can come and learn and be open to learning things and be vulnerable uh, with where they are at and be willing to try new things without feeling like, um, 
you know, that they were not going to be able to perform and that would be a problem. Right. Mm. So there's, you kind of took away any ego and I'm not saying that's just a, uh, like, I'm not saying that's a male thing specifically. I am just saying in general, like it was a very safe space. Mm -hmm. And I think when you can have a room of women being able to be together in one space there, if there's something really special about that, um, and you don't necessarily see that as much in the fitness industry, unless you're going to a Zumba class, um, right. you know, it tends to be a little bit more, um, a little bit more, uh, male dominant in terms of, most fitness and uh, strength mm -hmm. certifications. So that was kind of the one piece, right? But at the same side, I was talking uh, with another professional and she uh, had a move nat background. And so okay. you know, I'm coming from OS background. She's coming from movement nat background. And at the time it seemed like people are like, oh, I only do move nat. That's the only thing I can do, right? I only do OS. That's the only thing I can do. Uh, I'm only in the kettlebell industry. I don't, you know, CrossFit's for losers, right? So mm. they don't want to hang out with the CrossFit people. CrossFit people only want to do CrossFit. That's not, that's not what I'm saying, <laughs> by the way, right? So the, the, high, the high school cafeteria table is all back again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there is, yeah. So, and they're still in the industry, right? Like you have one type of certification and you don't want to listen or, or cross streams with other mm -hmm. people. Um, you see someone post something that, you know, on, on Instagram, right. You see someone post something that you think is really cool and you go to like it. And then you realize, oh crap, like that they're this movement discipline. And I don't know if I should do that because they mm. have a totally different angle. I'm like, come on guys. Like, this is <laughs> This is not cool, right? But you know what I'm talking about. I do. I sadly I do. It's uh, it's and I hate the term zealot out there, but it's a. Uh, why do you? Where do you think that comes from, though? It's like, do you think that it's just somebody found something and they just it it helped them so much that they think this is the only way, or do you think it's coming from someone else? Going into the psychological side of of the <laughs> podcast now. I you know. I, I, I do think sometimes you find something that works for you and you just believe in it so much that you love it. And you don't realize that you've shut out any other possibilities. Like I think there's a complete innocent side of that. And I also think there's a, a side of it where we have this competitive nature to be doing the best thing. And we see someone else or something else as being competition to whatever it is that you're doing mm -hmm. instead of, uh, saying like, Hey, let's all come learn together. Let's all let, let's all like put these things together and see this beautiful thing that we can do with all of these different movement disciplines and all right. these different backgrounds. Right. Instead, we want to be like, no, this is the way. And because that's what I do. And that that's just what I was taught. I, I don't know. It's, it's, that's a really yeah. good question. What do you yeah. think? <laughs> well, I think it's a, you know, we get into these subcategories, right? It's like, what are, you know, what is everybody trying to do, right? We're trying to improve life. You know, we want to live stronger, live healthier. And if we look at that, like I, I saw this woman's collaborative that you're doing. I was like, oh, there's a lot of different modalities. This yeah. is focused on getting better. Like it's not about getting better at CrossFit or getting better at kettlebells or at OS. And there's certainly different modalities you can do with that, but it's almost kind of like, oh, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to an English college or a history college. It's like, no, you take those courses while you're there to get a rounded education so you can build everything up. It's like colleges or education, they don't promote themselves as just that. There's some specialties. I get it if you're going to you know, medical school and stuff like that. But I think in, in health and fitness, it, it could be ego maybe, but everybody builds their tribe a little bit. Like there's always community, which I think is very important. And I feel like it, I have seen it get better. 
like that's what I'm excited about. Like I've yeah. seen from beginning of this like 15 years ago to like this last event that I was had, it seemed at almost a split 50-50 down of, you know, men and women come together as coaches, which I was like, oh, this is freaking awesome. This is great. So I don't know. It does seem like it's getting a little bit better. I agree. I, I agree. So, we, you know, when we initially created the event, the whole idea was, is, you know, allow this space for everyone to come and learn new things. I think, you know, one of the really important things, really important things in life is just to continue learning and keep an open mind um, and try new things. And, you know, if I ask, you know, if you go out and ask anyone on the street, when's the last time they tried something new, you know, the odds are that a lot of people aren't trying something new. They are doing the same thing over and over again, whether it's something as simple as literally trying to learn a new language or trying a food they would never try, or they never tried in their life. Right. Like even things like that are, are ways that you can start kind of playing with trying something new, but you know, for the Women's Movement Collaborative, we had literally everyone from an ultra runner to um, someone that did parkour, right? So two very different disciplines, uh, you know, and then and we've had, um, gosh, we've literally had so many, we had a strong, um, a woman that had a background in strong, I'm going to say strong man training, but, um, you know, like we, we taught women at this event how to rip apples in half. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we worked on like grip strength using um, different carries, like instead yeah. of, you know, using the handle, using grip straps, you know, and it, it was just like, when are they going to get to try something like that? We did um, acro stuff. So partner like acro different positions, like, and it was just like, again, when are you going to get to try stuff like that? Right. You just got to learn if you liked mm -hmm. it and, you, and it sparked something new in you, you can go and explore it. But the idea was, is we're just going to keep an open mind, try things and, and see what happens. <laughs> that's, that's so much fun. I think that's so cool. You know, one of the stories I remember from a long time ago is I assisted a certification with my coach, Brett Jones, who's, you know, directors of strong first, he like knows the hard style world better than anything. And we had a GS guy there from the sport world of kettlebells. So their movements are way different. Yeah. And I remember he, Brett kind of, you know, talked and he actually demonstrated a very good GS type swing and then snatch. Now coming from the hard style world of, you know, snap and high tension, showing that there's other modalities that you can work with and train. And if you just stay within your own little niche, you're actually, you, yeah, you might get better at that, but you're going to hit a ceiling where you might actually learn something from another world that's actually helping you in the thing that you actually love so much. So by learning something like parkour, probably you're going to learn more about OS just by doing that because all of a sudden like, wow, you're going to get different awareness of what you're doing in your body. So just being kind of that, I think that open-mindedness of just like just learning something and get better and let's focus on this as health rather than exactly fitness or strength or whatever it is. It's like, this is just, we're all trying to get better in health. And I think if we do that, then I think we're on a, a better, we're on a better trajectory to not exclude anybody out of our specific club. For sure. Yeah. I, there's room for everyone. And like you said earlier, um, you know, like we're all in it to help people, right. And help people move better, get stronger, whatever it is. But like, um, and actually I've heard, I, you know, I go to church and I've heard my pastor say this before too, is like, if like the, even, even churches are competitive with each other, which is silly. Right. But there's a lot of people in this world and there's not a lot of people that are moving. This is, you know, looking from, um, from our industry, like there's not a lot of people that are already moving, right. There's a lot of people that are still like 
untouched in terms of, of gaining strength and, and work, just being introduced to the fitness industry at all. Right. So there's room for everybody. Like, even if we had 10 gyms, all different styles of training, we would still not have enough gyms in this one little community, right. To be able to actually support the entire community. Like there's room for everybody. Like if we're all trying to help and do the same thing, like we're on the same mission, trying to help get people better and feel better and realize how strong they are. Like there's, there's room for everybody because mm-hmm. we need more. <laughs> that was so interesting. I had a conversation with somebody last weekend about that, where it's like, you know, it was got to that point of like, you know, getting into people need to learn how to lift and do this and get the right technique. And I'm all about good technique with stuff too. But I'm also, I was like, you know, if we just keep harping that you need perfect technique on everything, a lot of people are just going to think that they can't do this. It's they like, don't care. like, they just I, don't give a shit. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's, uh, it, I mean, it's kind of fun at us at an event you're with different coaches. We can kind of go into the you know, goofy details of everything, but it really doesn't matter to the vast majority of people. Like they want to feel better. They want to, you know, help people. So a lot of the deep jargon that you have at these events, it's like, if we tone it back, like we're going to help a lot more people. And, but it's like, also, I think if you just stick with one modality, if something pops up in life where you can't do that, like if you have a, if you have an injury or you have an ailment or a sickness, I know you've gone, you've recently gone through some interesting personal stuff yourself with some injuries, which I'd like to ask you about, but it's like, if you can only do one thing, but all of a sudden something happens and you can't do that, like you don't have another avenue to get this energy out, you know, from there. So it's like, and I know you've, I mean, you recently had some, you know, a little bit of a scare that's going on that kind of changed some things up from there. What's that experience really been like for you? Yeah. So I, yeah. So specifically, uh, a little over a year ago, I had, um, a cancer scare, uh, breast cancer, uh, fortunately was not, uh, diagnosed with cancer, uh, but found out that I had the breast cancer gene and, um, it took like several months to kind of go through and all these tests and biopsies. Right. And so my brain was already kind of starting to like, be a little overwhelmed. And Mm -hmm. I was very grateful at that time, especially for original strength and the idea of being able to press reset, because that's Mm -hmm. how I got through some of the really tough areas for Mm -hmm. sure. Um, but yeah, I had a mastectomy in February, um, a preventative mastectomy. And so, you know, like it shut me down from being able to do a lot of things for a while. Right. So you can't, I mean, it's, it's, there's a pretty intense surgery. So, um, you know, like, I think I was able to keep a really open mind in terms of being able to do what I can um, and just use what I have. And so, you know, that is a very important like core tenant in terms of like what we do with original strength. So honestly, original strength was one of the main things that I did. So when we, when I say you can't just do one thing, I did do mostly original, but um, also just like walking, like, which I would still consider a reset. So um but, you know, I, I slowed down and really just like stepped back from any of the other training that I had been doing and just focused on where I was at that point in time. And, uh, I was able to kind of dive a little bit more into just taking care of me at that moment, instead mm-hmm. of putting my worth in my training and what I can't do. I definitely focused on what I could do. Yeah. 
it's really, it's a humbling moment if those things happen, because all of a sudden the things that sometimes you're used to doing are just not an option right now to go. So it's, it's important to have that. I mean, but you have that tool in your back pocket of OS that you can work. Did, did your strength diminish at all? Or were you able to really keep that maintained over, over the time of recovery? Surprisingly, um, I maintained everything. Um, and the crazy part is, is that um, part of that surgery, they, that they cut into my pecs. So like mm-hmm. literally like my pec muscles were like pulled apart. And then I had an implant, like for reconstruction, they, mm-hmm. they, put, um, they put an expander actually. And so this was like a multi-part surgery, but they put these things underneath, uh, my pecs. So now like everything has to be re, um, kind of reconnected and, and put back together. And yes, it was, there was painful, but I really didn't lose the strength that I thought, like, I thought I was, I, I, I really thought I wasn't gonna be able to do like a push, a single push up. to be mm-hmm. honest. Like I, I, and I could like after, wow. after I healed, yeah. <laughs> I had to wait. but, um, the one thing I noticed the biggest like change on is, is any, like is, is pull up. So her hanging, um, okay. is like the one thing, but and, um, it's just, it just doesn't sit right, uh, with the implant. So it's actually an implant issue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, I kept my strength and I think doing all of the, the original strength stuff in the resets, like I, I do feel like I've had a really strong foundation. Like I showed up every day, wasn't, um, wasn't crazy stuff. Like I, I didn't do anything crazy, but I crawled, I walked, I did my cross crawls. I rocked. Like I did these sorts of things and, and I was able to keep my strength. Now, um, <laughs> what really jacked me up was not actually the mastectomy. It was that like three months later, I tore my Achilles tendon. Oh, that one was a big, like that one, that one shot me down a little bit of a spiral for a little bit there. Cause then I couldn't use my upper body to my full extent and I couldn't use my lower body to my full extent. And that one was hard, <laughs> but, um, but you know what? I did what I could with what I had. So I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's such a huge thing. You just never know if these things are going to pop up in life. Right. It's like, I mean, you look at you and if you see you on social media and stuff, you're like, wow, this is this ridiculously strong woman. She's a coach. She's doing all these great things. But all of a sudden, a scare like this can pop up where you got to deal with it and you got to go through. So it's like it's, um, you know, it's I mean, first, I think it's such an important message of making sure that everybody gets checked out regularly. You know, can't say that enough because you just, you know, you hear it just too much. But maintaining your strength and just knowing these resets, like you can still go through and you can train through these rehabs of keeping your strength up during this time. So I think that's such an important thing. Like it's, I remember just being in my early twenties and everything's aesthetics at that point. Like you want to look a certain way. And then it's like, you realize working with general population and even special population who are just trying to maintain their health and build strength, how bigger of a purpose it is to do, because you might have to go through it at some point. You might be young in life or uh, later in life, but it's so good that you had that strength already built that foundation in your back pocket that you can keep everything going. Yeah, that definitely made a big difference. And then just also like, just knowing that I'll be back, like, you know, just like, okay, I'll just get back to it as soon as I'm allowed. Like as soon as I can get going and I'll just get back to it. And I think, um, I see this with a lot of people that I work with is we get injured or we deal with, with big things, like really big things. And we just stop. Like we just allow ourselves to like sit with it and sit in it and just let it be what it is. Right. Like, 
Um, but we never come back. Like, but that's, it, it's not because we can't like physically it's because we decided like somewhere that it just wasn't going to happen or whether it was that we're afraid we're going to lose our, our, all the gains we've made and all the progress and we have to start over, like whatever it is, like, you know, a lot of times people just don't come back, um, mm-hmm. by deciding now, when I say that, that sounds really negative, but I don't mean it that they can't. Right. So I see right. that in working with people, like they'll, they'll be, you know, crushed because, um, they slipped and broke their toe. Okay. So, you know, and crushed, like, Oh, I'm going to lose yeah. everything. And I'm like, listen, you're going to be out for two weeks. You're, re- you're going to be okay. But do you know what I mean? Like, Oh, 100%. Yeah. It's well, so, why the, it's why the process is so important to focus on, right. Cause the results come and go and it's, yeah. You know, you know, losing or not getting something is, is shitty. You know, if you don't hit a lift or you don't hit a goal at the time that you had, but at the same time, like if you put all your eggs in the basket of praising that time, when you do hit that goal, that could be just as detrimental as well. Cause then you keep reliving that from the past. It's like, you know, I've, I forget who said it to me once, but it's like the sun's going to come up the next day, no matter what, you know, it's, and all of a sudden you hit a goal and you hit this and it was absolutely amazing, but it comes quick and then it's gone again. All right. What's the next thing that you're doing? So working on the process and falling in love with the process of it, then you always can work on. So I think that's really the key to mastery, right? It's a different than progress. It's you're building something bigger. It's really building within you. So you have those things you can look back on like, yeah, I'm a badass. I did that before. That's awesome. But what am I working on now? And just work on what you can do at the moment. For sure. Just be present in your process in this very moment. For sure. Exactly. Yeah. So Danny, this has been awesome. This time's flown by with you here. So no, I really appreciate you taking the time. It's so interesting to hear your story of how you got into this world and everything that you're working on and building. And I hope that OS is in every school at some point and we'll have you back on and cheers to the progress that you're making from there. So really appreciate it. That'd be awesome. All right. Well, I really appreciate your time. I'm, I'm so happy to be here and I've, I've enjoyed listening to you speak as well. So I appreciate it. If people want to check more of your workout or check out the women's collab, like what's the best place that we can direct them? Yeah. So, um, you can find me on Instagram, uh, under original strength underscore, uh, sorry, original underscore strength. Uh, you can also find, uh, me personally at Danny Nicole, a, uh, we've got tons of websites. So original strength.net or original strength Institute, uh, which is our, our gym, uh, any, any of those, I'm happy to answer questions if you or anyone, you know, uh, has them. So perfect. (laughs) Awesome, Danny. Thank you. So thank you, everyone. Go check out Danny's work. I'll see you on the next one. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you like the show, please give it a five-star review, give it a thumbs up, all that good stuff. And if you want to get the inside scoop on all new episodes coming up, behind the scenes insights and free training resources, then you can join the Strength Connection private Facebook group now. Just go to Facebook groups, type in the Strength Connection and join in. Also, don't forget to subscribe. See you soon.